Hello and welcome to another episode of The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett. Hey folks, uh, as you're listening to this program, um, and I know I've got a number of folks out there that have listened uh, ever since I put this thing up, and we're, we're coming up on 200 episodes now. Uh, I'd just like to encourage you to recommend it to your friends, yeah, and go uh, online and uh, as you listen to this, there's a YouTube version of this, subscribe to it, uh, invite people to subscribe as well. Uh, just to kind of get out there and get some buzz going. Um, that being said, I want to just jump into uh, the, the program today, The Soul of Business. Um, my guest today, uh, I've had a, a fair amount of interaction with him. Uh, yeah, he and I uh, kind of co-host with David Meltzer, uh, my business partner, uh, a program that he you know, has got, The Office Hour Show. Uh, and we kind of backstop each other periodically on that. Uh, and yeah, you know, when I first met Craig, uh, yeah, he's he's a New York guy, and yeah, wow. he's got this. Uh, uh, if if you think of a stereotypical New York guy, Craig kind of fills that. Uh, he's got a booming voice. He's uh, kind of you know got a big presence. He fills the room, that kind of stuff. And what he's also got is just an incredible heart. Yeah, he's got an unbelievably engaging heart. And yeah, Craig Siegel, yeah, is, is who I'm talking about here. Uh, he wrote a book called The Reinvention Formula that just took off. Um, Wall Street Journal bestseller, USA Today, uh, Today bestseller. Uh, he's been featured all over the place, uh, Entrepreneur Magazine. He's been on some of the, you know, some of the you know, podcasts uh, that you would probably you know, be familiar with, Ed Milet's show, as well as, uh, you know, having some endorsements from Daryl Strawberry. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the list goes on, you know, and I don't want to bore you with uh, the, the CV here at all. Uh, but a war, you know, former Wall Street uh, executive uh, woke up one day and said, nah, this isn't for me. Uh, there's something else out there. And he is, you know, he walks the talk. Yeah, you know, he's not just saying, you know, this is something you ought to go do if you want to have a life worth living. Uh, he actually walks the talk. He's a seven-time marathoner. And, yeah, I've run a marathon, and I can't imagine running seven of them, <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like it's something to do on my bucket list. And, uh um, but that, but that kind of gives you a sense of who Craig is here. So I want to just, without further ado, uh, welcome my friend uh, Craig Siegel to the show. Welcome, buddy. Wow! First of all, probably my favorite introduction I ever received. Thank you for the genuine, beautiful words I receive all of them. Uh, you and I were chatting before we hopped on to go live, and every time we get together, it's just magic. I have so much love and respect for you. There's no place in the world I'd rather be than right here with you. Let's have some fun. Let's get nuts. Hey, I love it. I love it. Well, you know, the title of the show is uh, The Soul of Business. Um, when you hear that now, yeah, you've got a Wall Street background and you've been around business for a, a fair amount of time. When you hear the term The Soul of Business, what what kind of kicks up for you when you hear that? When I think of the word soul, I think of our essence, like what makes us uniquely us only everyone specifically has their own individual soul or, or their own individual curriculum that we're here to express and so forth. And this is, this is really deep stuff. And, and this is a, a whole nother of enlightenment that, that I've recently been on the path. And, you know, prior to me reinventing myself, I spent the, the good portion of my life 
in what I like to call the 1%, meaning just this physical 3D reality. When mm -hmm. in fact, 99% is actually beyond our logic, the stuff that we can't necessarily see and so forth. And so when I think of connecting to that, the infinite or the divine or everything else with a 99%, I think of our soul being able to connect to that and become limitless and, and be able to be a channel for divine downloads and, and for God and so forth. And so when you say the soul of business, I think about that and then applying that to business with integrity and, and doing the right thing and having a lot of fun with business. Um, but first and foremost, uh, doing it with your soul, with purpose. Um, and, and without the, the agenda of expectations, and without needing recognition. Now, those are two very interesting comments. Without the yeah needing recognition, uh, recognition, and without the attachment to the agenda of the outcome, the outcome of the agenda. Mm -hmm. um, this this I, I I honest to God, I, I mean I I think that business is a spiritual discipline if you approach it in the correct way, and I say correct way, you can approach it any way you want, um, but. It's the most it's the most pervasive force on the on this planet. I mean, there's nothing in this world that we experience that is not touched by the activity of business. And I mean, so, I can be a, a clamshell in the Mariana trench, you know, trench, and I've got I got a microplastic in my craw. Uh, <laughs> and so, business leaders have got. I, I, for me, it's yeah. Business leaders have a moral as well as just a, a physical responsibility, but a moral responsibility to I think first do no harm. Yeah, in the way that they conduct their business and conduct the business of business. And this notion of you know, not being attached to outcome, you know, kind of flies in the face of quarterly results, stakeholder expectations, shareholder expectations in particular. Uh, and so I start marching to the beat of a different drummer when I start truing up to where's the soul in what it is that I do? What's the soul that I'm bringing to what I do? Uh your reinvention, Craig, what, what was the catalyst for moving you out of what, where you were? And here I'm, I'm specifically, you know, speaking uh, to the Wall Street experience. What was the catalyst that said, there's got to, there, there's more to life. There's more, there's, there's something different for me to be doing right now. Yeah. Great question, Blaine. And I think a lot of people experience this. You know, when I was on Wall Street, sometimes it was a lot of fun. Sometimes it was very stressful, always unpredictable and so forth. And the things that it brought that were good were only temporary fulfillment, not mm -hmm. lasting fulfillment by any means. And so eventually the stress and the unpredictability started to outweigh the good. And I pivoted from that and I started my own business on Wall Street as well, which was a little bit less stressful and also uh, lucrative and so forth. But it wasn't lighting up my soul. There's the word soul mm -hmm. again. And yeah. I believe that we're all here for a big, big, big reason, all of us. And I always felt like I was underachieving, like there was something so much more for me, but I was unable to put it together, partly because I was so in it. You know, in Wall Street, it's like, if you're not going 300 miles an hour, you get run over. I never really <laughs> took the time to reassess or to consider a different choice. And so when the pandemic happened, you know, I've been going through a lot for the last couple of years right before that. I just got out of a toxic relationship, which is never fun. My best friend, my dad, had just gotten diagnosed with cancer, still battling. And like I yeah. said, I had my own business, but I wasn't having any fun. 
And I was making money, but, but as it turns out, there's a lot more to success than just that. And so I started running all these marathons, which you mentioned, and that started to give me purpose. But more importantly, it showed me that I could be successful at something that I didn't necessarily have experience in. And then fast forward to the pandemic, I just looked at that as a, a historic opportunity to reassess. And I really got quiet and connected and I blocked out all the interference. And when I say the interference, the noise, the ego, I like to call them the opponent all playing small or, you know, our ego wants us to be born with all this potential and then die with all that potential and not utilize it. <laughs> and so I, I was able to finally put him at bay and really connect. And I started getting these downloads and I was in a good vibration where I was able to draw upon the divine inspiration. And it was like, of course, I'd been obsessed with personal development for 15 years, studying it like a lunatic, taking classes. I loved it. I just didn't think I was worthy of turning that into a career until I realized uh -huh. this is much more than just a passion. This is my assignment. And so I put together a whole strategy from combining my skills with business and also personal development. And I started my CLS brand and I kind of created like a 10 lane highway with each lane representing a different way to make an impact and do business such as big podcasts, book deals, speaking, coaching, TED talk, all the things. And then I reverse engineered it. And then of course it came down to, can I really do this? I know imposter yeah. syndrome has become trendy. And for me, Blaine, I just considered what is the cost of inaction? And for me, choosing to go back and stay miserable, I began to associate <laughs> with death. And so from there, leaving my comfort zone, instead of being super scary and having fear of that, it started to transform into excitement because I considered the alternative. Yeah. And so I leaned in and apparently the universe favors the bold. And for the first time in my life, I was in alignment. <laughs> and yeah, the, the last three years just exploded, ton of momentum, left Wall Street for good. And, you know, this is it for me in some capacity for the rest of my life. And I like to believe we're just getting warmed up. Yeah. You know, I came across a quote the other day uh, and, I, and I've actually got it here on my desktop right now because I thought it was so interesting. Uh, we're here to add what we can to life not to get what we can take from life. And mm. yeah, that, that whole notion of, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here to add, I've got a unique gift to, to bring to the table. And the idea of squelching that just, I mean, you talk about, uh, yeah, the, the whole notion of retired in place. Uh, you, you'll see this on tombstones, RIP. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, rest in peace is what it's supposed to be, but it's actually for a lot of people that are walking around alive today, they're actually walking around dead. It's re you know retired in place. They gave up on their dreams. I like gave that. up on their dreams, and uh, yeah, so they got retired in place. And uh, and regular listeners of the show have heard me say this: <coughs> uh, what they end up in is a rut, and a rut is nothing more than a coffin with the ends kicked out. That's all a rut is, <laughs> and most people are in ruts in their life. Professionally, personally, you know, uh, physically, you know, physically, fiscally. I mean, we get in a rut and it's kind of like this idea of the comfort zone. Um, Bob Proctor, I, you know, Bob and I were good friends and we had a lot of conversations and he has something that he called the uh, a terror barrier. It's kind of when you come up against your, your big dream. It's kind of like, God, this is something I'd really love to have. And then the yeah, but kicks in. And you kind of go, oh, my God, I'm going to die if I do this. And you kind of describe that. It's kind of like, who am I to do this? Who do I think I am? 
What was the mechanism, and I'm going to put this in mechanistic terms, what was the mechanism that you used to keep yourself moving when you ran into what Bob used to call that terror barrier that for most people throws them right back into the existing rut that they've been occupying for most of their life? What got you yeah. on the ladder to get out of it? I love it. And so going back to the 1%, that's where most people operate in terms of this physical reality and it's me, you, this computer screen and you know this coffee mug and, and that's all there is. But the reality is, is there's another 99% out there and there's systems within systems within systems that have been here way long before even religions. And yeah. so I didn't make them up, but, but I can teach them and, and I practice them. And one of the things that I know to be true because I've tested it is that when you feel that opponent or the ego or that moment that you mentioned that Bob describes, your best superpower in that instance is the power of restriction. In other words, resisting the temptation of allowing the ego to convince you to continue playing small. And so yeah. because I do that and I have that in my repertoire, I utilize restriction. I resist the temptation to the cave. And then when you do that, typically the seas begin to part. And then you have your opportunity to, to get over that level that looks like yeah. pressure, but it's really just that next level of growth and expansion for you and for your soul. And so I actually welcome that opponent now where it used to run my life, if I'm being honest, for 35 years. But now I know when you have that voice in your head or whatever you guys want to call him, Satan, the devil, ego, opponent, that usually means that's exactly what you should do. Because on the other side mm -hmm. of that is all the growth and expansion. And on the flip side, if you ever want to do something and you don't hear that voice in your head, that probably means you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. See, and that is a very interesting paradox for most people to actually embrace, to kind of think about it. Yeah, for years, yeah. I, you know, I, yeah. If, if it scares me, that's something I should actually go do. Because you know, in today's world, Fear is usually not organized around a saber-toothed tiger going to you know, yeah, yeah, look at me for lunch. It's usually right. about yeah, yeah, the idea of who I am being the limiting factor. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, I coined this a long time ago. Who you know, what limits me in life isn't who I think I am. It's uh, who I think I'm not. I'm not mm. the kind of person that lets that happen. I'm not the kind of person that would do that. I'm not the kind all that stuff. And there's a fear associated to that. Yeah, you know, discomfort. Yeah, you know, if not actual fear, but you, 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 there's, there's a, a notion here that you taught, you spoke about a little bit here about the excitement, fear and excitement. Physiologically, if you watch people that are excited, and physiologically, if you watch people that are fear uh, afraid, you're going to see the same physiological phenomena. Their eyes are dilated. Their heart rate has uh, gotten elevated. Their breathing is high on their chest. Their palms are probably sweaty. All that kind of stuff. So physiologically, there's no distinction between fear and excitement. The distinction is up here. <clears throat> how I'm thinking about it, how I'm describing what's going on out there, and how I'm describing that little voice. Yeah, I'm not the kind of person who would do this. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. Yeah, well, turn, flip the switch. Turn that into excitement. Now, that's, that's easy in one sense to do that How or to talk about it. How did you actually manifest doing that yourself? You know, I think that eventually you get to a place in life, and I think everybody goes through this to some extent because the hero's journey, right, is where you get sick you and go. tired of being sick and tired. 
and you realize that if you don't make a, a big change, then nothing's going to happen for you. And you'll just be keep going down the same path with those what if scenarios. What if I went for it? Or what if I thought bigger? Or what if I allowed myself to find out or look silly or take messy action? And so hopefully people can get to the point where the pain of not taking that action is significantly worse and scarier than taking messy action and so forth. And it took me 35 years, you know, it's interesting, depending upon who you ask, I, you know, sometimes I, I'm a little hard on myself. I'm wondering why it took me so long. Other people say, wow, you learned that young at 35 years young, because now I have the rest of my life to work on it and improve it and so forth. So anyone even just listening to this conversation right now, just understanding that there are systems and there's, there's universal laws, just like there's gravity. If somebody were to jump out the window behind me uh, here in New York City, even if they're a really, really, really good person, they would go down because of gravity. There are <laughs> universal laws. And when we don't react and we understand how to tame the ego and when we can share without an agenda, we open up the floodgates for more abundance and money and blessings and miracles or revealing your own light and so forth. And so you just got to get to that point where if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you got to make that move. The idea of self mastery, I think, coming kind of comes into play here. Uh, and, and you talked about, yeah, well, yeah, the early part of your career. Yeah, the street is fun. I mean, there's yeah, ups and downs, all kinds of good stuff that kind of goes on, and then there's the uncertainty, and there's a you know, little bubbles coming up there uh, on my screen. Um, but the idea of self mastery, I, I mean, I do a lot of work with leadership. That's you know, for the last forty some odd years, that's basically all I've done is work with leaders around the world. Uh, how do you become more effective at leading uh, others? And in that 40 year span, I've kind of come to the conclusion that all bets are off if the leader themselves is not looking at how do I master who I am? Because it's the who I am that people are organizing around. And yeah, and you know, this I think brings us into a, a little conversation. I at least I hope so about your book, the reinvention formula, because self mastery oftentimes requires a reinvention of self. Uh, I've, got, I've really got to ask myself some hard questions. Yeah, who am I really? What am I paying attention to? What really matters? I mean, and this is one of the questions that you really I think wrestled with. What really matters to me? Yeah, I, yeah. I do a fair amount of work with family offices. Yeah, I mean, in, the, in these offices, I mean, typical uh, minimum worth is a hundred million dollars, and yeah, mo yeah not, most of the families I work with are in the billion dollar plus range. Um, and the idea of, <clears throat> and I mentioned this to one family the other day, as they were kind of bumping heads against each other, I said, look, guys, you're only talking about a percentage difference on, on, on a thing that they were actually arguing about. You got to understand your wallet is fuller than your life right now. And you might want to take a look at how do you make your life as full as your wallet? You know, cause you're, you know, you're not going to take this stuff out the door with you when you walk away, when you die. So that Correct. idea of your life being, your wallet being fuller than your life, most people will chase that success that's measured by the bank account without looking at what's the cost. Yeah, what, who is it that's really in play here? So uh, this is a kind of a long monologue here, but I'm kind of coming back to the point of self-mastery <clears throat> and, and the reinvention formula. Where Where's the uh, the blend in that 
conversation, self-mastery and reinvention formula? Yeah, beautiful question. And when I think of reinvention, you know, a lot of people think that that term means to start over. And I, and I respectfully disagree. And for me, reinvention means finishing and executing on what you've been dying to do. And maybe just maybe perhaps arriving for the first time at you, at yourself. In other words, letting go of trying to be something you're not, right? And, and really getting deep with yourself and getting clarity, being able to tap in. Why am I here? What is my purpose? What are my passions? What am I good at? What would I want to do? How to monetize it, how to build a life around it, how to understand these universal laws, how to make a difference and so forth. And so you know, I think reinvention, you nailed it, right? It's People think it also that it's a big career change. Yes, for me it was, but also it's an identity reinvention. Right, I'm no longer the person that got me here, and I've shed old skins and identities, and I don't regret them. But I'm very real; I mourn them. And now it's time to assume and reinvent new identities and who I'm really aligned with, and really my soul's purpose. Because the more you let go of trying to be something you're not, the more you really begin to understand yourself, and that's just a beautiful place to be in. Uh, for business, for yeah. relationships, for love, for your soul's purpose, and everything in between. The nature of life is evidenced in nature. Nature grows, and all of nature honors the desire to be more, to have more, and to do more. Life thrives when it's allowed to grow. And ideally, thriving is what we also, all of us, want to be able to do. Unfortunately, at some stage in life, most people find themselves settling into what I can only call a rut. And a rut is nothing more than a coffin with the ends kicked out. You want to quickly get out of any rut that you find yourself in. When you stop growing, that's when the coffin starts to appear. You know, the simple truth is this, and this is true for everything in nature. You're going to die. I'm going to die. Every one of us dies. So the question we need to come to grips with is not, are we going to die? The question nature asks us to answer is, are we truly living? That's what motivation is about. It's the desire to move. It's the desire to grow and to excel. Have I lived? How have I lived? I'd love for you to take advantage of my Leadership Mindset Masterclass. It's all about providing you with the tools to ensure thriving for yourself and for those around you. Register today to receive the free introduction video and find out more about this acclaimed program. You'll also receive a copy of my international number one bestseller, Compassionate Capitalism, A Journey to the Soul of Business. I'm Blaine Bartlett, and I look forward to helping you thrive. Can, can, yeah, you, you've worked with some very interesting folks and you've got your, uh, the CLS, uh, program. Yeah. And folks, yeah, CLS is, uh, his initials. Yeah. Craig Landon Siegel, you know, <laughs> the CLS method. And I love it. I, I just, yeah, I mean, you just kind of own that. And cause it is, yeah, it's a unique way that you have developed for approaching life and living. I mean, truly, and how you establish success in life, not through tr uh, traditional metrics, but there's this question of fulfillment that uh, is part and parcel of what you're working with. How, how do you make a distinction between fulfillment and success in the work that you do with your people? Did that come through? 
No, I think we were frozen, but you can never lose me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll edit that chunk out. The question I had here, in the work that you do with your clients and the work that uh, you know people actually uh, come to you uh, to work with, there's a distinction to be made between fulfillment and success, as most people traditionally define success. How do you, how do you actually, and, and I know that you organize around fulfillment, you know, the experience of, of that. What's the conversation that you will typically engage someone with that will begin to open the door to, there's something else that we're going to be looking at here instead of the traditional success structures. We're going to be looking at what's fulfilling to you in your life. And ultimately that's going to be what you're going to yeah, be truing to as we move forward here. Yeah, I think it's important to get some clarity on some of our gifts and we all have them and they're not ours. They were given to us. And I really believe that it's our responsibility to identify what those are, utilize them, showcase them, make an impact with them and unapologetically monetize them as well. I also believe that if we don't utilize our gifts, eventually it's like our soul is in exile and they'll be taken from us. The good news yeah. is, is even if you go through a rut like you described earlier or a 35 year Patrick me, as long as you can come back to it and, and, and want and have that desire to want to find out what your gifts are, then your soul will be redeemed. And then we have an opportunity to do a whole lot in this world. And I just want to be clear because I think when people hear me talking or hear this conversation, sometimes they think, well, you're talking about fulfillment and purpose and all that stuff, but I still have to make a living. When mm -hmm. you share your gifts without an agenda or expectation of return, you'll end up creating this channel where you'll make more money than you ever dreamed possible, better relationships, better purpose, alignment, business, all of that stuff. That's the byproduct. But this is really the good stuff. This is the stuff that has you like feeling like high as a kite naturally. Like this conversation has me so lit up right now because this is the good stuff. The 1% stuff, like even money or nice cars and stuff like that, it comes and goes and, and there's, a, there's a place for that. I don't, I don't want to disregard yeah. that, but it's only temporary fulfillment. When we can utilize our gifts to make a difference, and lead our world like that and, and help other people and so forth and, and contribute, that's what creates lasting fulfillment. And you better believe you can make a lot of money doing so. And so I think a lot of people find themselves unfulfilled at different seasons of life. And I wanna help them identify their gifts, their purpose, monetize it, package it, and have a lot of fun and make a difference. There you go. You know, I love the idea. I came across a survey the other day that Gallup had done uh, on the nature of uh, generosity and giving. And when people give, I mean, genuinely give uh, because they're, you know, they're compelled to, they just feel like it's the right thing to do. The chemical release in the body, the endorphins, the, you know, the oxytocin, I mean, all of the stuff that just get that whole you know, chemical stew uh, is actually a, more pronounced than if you actually doubled somebody's salary. I mean, and I don't know how they actually measured that, but that was the metric that they cited. True giving, and in this case, giving of my gifts, giving of the uniqueness of who I am, it is life generating. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't wait to get up in the morning to go be. I can't wait, can I wait to get up in the morning. I'm 75 years old. I, I get, I've got more energy than God. I mean, I, I love playing around. I love doing stuff. It's out there. You know, one of my grandkids the other day asked me when I was going to retire, and I said, from what? <laughs> Why in the world would I retire? 
Right. I've got gifts to that. give. I've got things to do. And life is a dance. Let's go dance. Let's go play. That's yeah. it. Let's I, I, yeah. I look, go ski down the mountain. Minutes. See what happens. <laughs> That's right. And you're just getting warmed up. And also something that you said there that I think is really profound is being a giver. And, and a lot of times, like, People listening to this conversation right now, this is, this might like throw them off, but I challenge you to. Yeah, we're having a little bit of uh, a receiver technical issue here. We're going to edit this out in, in post production. Be a giver but, uh, in the sense that you're going to take some of the big ideas and concepts that Blaine and I are discussing, and you're going to receive them to give and, and to impact the world, and that's just a different consciousness to operate from. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah, that's great. Craig, where can people find out uh, what you're up to? <clears throat> uh, anywhere on social media, at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. Um, we have the community, the CLS membership. Anywhere you buy books, the reinvention formula. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, the CLS experience. And uh, if you like inspirational nuggets throughout the week, you can join our free texting community. Just text 917-634-3796. Text the word Blaine so that I know that you heard it here. <laughs> Great. Okay, folks, we've been talking to uh, Craig Siegel. I want you to get his book. Um, it is a great read. I do have a copy of it myself. I've read it. It's really well written. It, you know, it deservedly is a Wall Street Journal USA Today bestselling book. And uh, yeah, he, he's got a lot of stuff out there that you can work with. Go to his website, like he mentioned. Um, you're going to see that there's a number of different programs that you can take advantage of. Uh, yeah, the uh, CLS method is something that uh, it, it holds water, <laughs> in my estimation. It, it holds water, and it will take you where you want to go. So, Craig, I want to thank you for being a great guest. Um, I'm looking forward to our next conversations and continuing other conversations as well. So thanks Same. for being a, a, thank great, you so much. A, a great contributor here. So much. Thank you for having me, and I just love going deeper with you every single time. It's great. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Folks, you've been listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. Guest today, Craig Siegel, best-selling author. Um, as always, my admonition to you is going to find, uh, to be find ways in your life to be a center of distribution, not a center of accumulation. Nature doesn't work by accumulation. Nature works through distribution, and you are a part of nature. So go forth and make it so. Take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>